Hello, and welcome to the Landis Cooperative Experience podcast featuring the bull bear banter. We all know that markets often behave in a way that can't easily be explained. The bull bear banter is our best effort to digest the noise of the marketplace. So thank you for joining us. Sit back, relax, and let's talk about the markets. Hello, this is Cheyenne Dunham, and I'd like to welcome you to the July 2nd episode of the bull bear banter. Tom Guinan is joining me, and he's going to give us a recap of the corn and soybean markets for the week. Tom? September corn futures lost seven on Thursday, ending at 343 and a half, but that is up 24 and a quarter for the week. December corn also lost seven today, ending at 353 and a half, but gaining 28 and a quarter week on week. August soybeans were down a quarter today, closing at 891 and a quarter and gaining 31 and a quarter from last Friday. November beans lost two and a quarter today to finish the week at 896 and three quarters but that's gaining more than 35 cents for the week. So our big story this week is definitely the USDA's acreage report that was released on Tuesday and the action on the Board of Trade since. Analysts had anticipated a reduction in corn acres, expecting 2 million less than the March intentions report. We did get a reduction, but it was 5 million less corn acres. Soybean acres gained about 300,000 acres instead of the close to 1 million expected and all wheat acres decreased 500,000. There was an interesting chart put together using the USDA's state-by-state info of the March acres for all of the principal crops grown in the U.S. and comparing it to the June acres report. All these acres totaled just over 319 million in March, and now they total less than 312 million. So somewhere we've lost 7 million acres across the U.S. According to the USDA, these were simply not planted. A look at the state-by-state info shows North Dakota did not plant 1.4 million acres, Texas lost 1.1 million, Nebraska was down 700,000, South Dakota lost 600,000, Illinois 500,000, Minnesota lost 450,000, Missouri was down 400,000, and even Iowa lost 140,000 acres. So that report continued the rally in corn, beans, and wheat that started on Monday due to changes in the weather forecast. On Tuesday, at one point, September corn was up 17 cents and closed more than 12 cents higher for the day. Then it added another 9 cents on Wednesday before today's price action. Many of the managed money funds started the week in a very short position, and they've been offsetting or covering these shorts all week, and this has added some fuel to the fire. With that, let's move on to the bull bear factors. Well, Cheyenne, you're right. Most of the bullish inputs for corn are due to the acreage report, a hotter and drier weather forecast for the beginning of July and potentially into pollination time frame, as well as funds covering up their shorts. But here are a couple more. Export inspections last week showed 48.6 million bushels loaded, down slightly from the previous week, but about 10 million more than the needed weekly pace. Over the last three months, we've been averaging close to 46 million per week versus 37.5 million for the same time frame last year. For the year, we're still down about 20% versus last year, but we're gaining every week, and it now looks like we're going to be close to the USDA's estimate that showed a 14% decline for the year. Ethanol production increased again last week, up 2 million gallons to 265 million. Ethanol inventories also declined another 37 million to 837 million gallons. This is almost 12% less inventory than at this time last year, and it's the lowest weekly level since January 2017. So for our bear factors on corn, crop ratings improved a little again with the national number up a point to 73% good to excellent. 
Iowa remained at 85%. Minnesota dropped one point, now 84%. Nebraska gained two more points, up to 76%. Illinois and Indiana both jumped back into the 60s. Illinois added eight points and is now 67% good to excellent, and Indiana is 63%, up from 58% the previous week. Somewhat lost in Tuesday's action was the stocks report, showing corn inventories as of June 1st. The trade had expected about 4.95 billion bushels to be on hand, but the report number was 5.224 billion, or almost 300 million more bushels than expected. Also expected, over half of these bushels were in farmer bins as of June 1. We will get an update of supply and demand numbers next Friday on July 10th. It now appears that the ending stocks will be close to 2.8 billion for the 2020-2021 crop year, or down about 500 million from the previous estimate. While a significant change, 2.8 billion is still a lot of corn. Even though ethanol production has been increasing and stocks have been decreasing lately, we're still running behind the pace needed to hit the USDA's latest projection. Analysts are now expecting a further reduction in the USDA's estimates of around 100 million bushels at some point this year, and perhaps we'll see some of that in next Friday's WASDE report. And finally, export sales for old crop corn at 14.2 million was a little below expectations. As far as soybean bull factors, even though soybean acres increased about 300,000 acres to 83.83 million, that was less than the 1 million acre increase that was anticipated. Soybean stocks as of June 1st were estimated at 1.386 billion bushels, right in line with the expectations, but last year at this time that number was 1.783 billion, or almost 400 million bushels more. So we had two pieces of bullish information for soybeans in Tuesday's reports. We'll get our next look at NOPA crush numbers on July 15th. Domestic crush has been on a record pace this year, and we don't expect that to change anytime soon. For your bear factors on soybeans, the crop ratings for soybeans gained one point, with the national number now at 71% in the good to excellent categories. Last year, it was 54% for the same week. Iowa is estimated at 83%, down one point, while Illinois and Indiana both gained ground. Illinois added eight points to get to 68%, and Indiana gained four, up to 63 Nationally, 14% of the crop is in the blooming stage, versus 2% last year and 11% on average. Of those states surveyed, Iowa is at 16% versus the average of 7%. Minnesota's at 7%, and Illinois and Indiana are both at 10%. Export shipments were on the low side of expectations, coming in at 11.9 million bushels. This is also about half of the weekly pace needed to hit the USDA projections. And last, export sales for old crop at 8.9 million bushels was also a little below expectations. As far as what to watch for in upcoming events, this Saturday is the 4th of July. Keep in mind that the Board of Trade and Landis offices will be closed on Friday the 3rd. Next Friday, July 10th, will be the next WASD report. It'll be interesting to see how the new acreage numbers impact that ending stocks number for next year for corn. Next Friday is also the last day of the pricing period for our averaging contract for corn. We'll have the final numbers for everyone on Monday the 13th. The soybean averaging contract wraps up on July 24th. And now for Tom's take. This week really threw a curveball to the traders in Chicago. Regardless of how we got there, it was good to see the markets rally this week. It is curious to note how many acres were not planted this year. As Cheyenne said earlier, seeing more than 7 million acres go unplanted this year it's kind of hard to understand. 
especially when compared to last year when we lost fewer acres from the March report to the June report with major flooding last year. If you're in Iowa, where everything seemed to go great this year, it's probably even harder to justify. We had a lot of reports of people getting done with all of their planting in April, which is mostly unheard of. I guess the lesson is one that we've all been taught before. Don't just look at the fields in your backyard. There's way more going on across the country. Another thought I have bouncing around inside of my head is the same one I usually have on the Independence Day break. In years gone by, many of the traders worked on the floor of the Board of Trade and were pretty much confined to Chicago for much of the spring and early summer. But come July 4th, they left Chicago, and for the most part, they drove back to their dad's farm or maybe grandpa's farm and really had a chance to see firsthand how the crops looked on their drive. Then they probably got out and walked in a few fields on the home farm, and they compared that firsthand knowledge to every other year in their experience. A lot of times, that day after the 4th of July holiday, we'd see a pretty good correction. My theory was what they had been reading and hearing didn't match up with what they saw when they got outside of Chicago. Things have changed, and they aren't necessarily at the Board of Trade anymore, but they are generally in an office in the Chicago area. I wonder, along with the COVID situation, if they will go to their home farms this weekend. Regardless, I bet they find time to walk in a field or two somewhere. It'll be interesting to see Monday's trade. Will their eyes have told them something different than what they thought they understood? Or will it confirm what they're already thinking? Stay tuned, it's going to be interesting, especially with another major USDA report out next Friday and pollination starting soon. Will it stay hot and dry, or will it back off a bit? We had a little setback today, and we'll see what next week brings. I hope you took advantage of the rally and either finished up old crop sales and or made some new crop sales. I know there were several people I talked to that expressed using this gift to price some new crop. I think that's wise. Thanks for listening. I think that's all we have for you today. We appreciate you joining us for the Bull Bear Banter. If you'd like to contact us, you can send a tweet to at Landis Co-op or drop an email to podcast at LandisCooperative.com. Our tagline is bears make money, bulls make money, and pigs just go to market. If you have any questions regarding grain marketing decisions, please reach out to your area grain marketing advisor. We want to thank you for listening, and we'll be back with you again next week. <music>